ordinary people shouldn't open up the Necronomicon either. You'll go insane. But that doesn't mean that we don't read books. Hello, welcome to security, cryptography, whatever. I'm Deirdre. I'm David. <laughs> I, I'm Thomas. Hi, everyone. We have a special guest this time. Our guest this week is my protege, Filippo Valsorda, cryptographer on the Google Golang team. Hey, Filippo. Hi, Filippo. Hey, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take that introduction. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Today, after months of anticipation, we're going to have the great should you roll your own crypto debate. And if we're going to put up this, this artificial construction of a binary choice, I would classify Filippo as leaning towards the affirmative. You should roll your own crypto. Therefore, by the rules of debate that I just Googled, Filippo gets to argue their position first. I, I can already see myself being just uh, associated with that. Filippo said, you should roll your own crypto. So this is safe. This is why we're I'm sorry. doing this. <laughs> and yeah, well, I, I got myself into this. Very clearly got myself into this. Okay. I don't remember where this started, but what I, where the I think internet. I diverged from the... <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, where I think I diverged from the usual consensus of, don't roll your own crypto, that's always bad, is that... I don't actually believe most application developers are there itching to ship their own crypto into production. The application developers I encounter are scared shitless. Can I say shit on this? Yes. <laughs> Great. Are scared shitless of shipping, touching any cryptographic code. So when they do end up rolling their own thing and just plugging their ears and rolling out whatever uh, they can figure out. I feel like that's our fault. We did not make our crypto easy enough, fast enough, easy enough to find, well-packaged enough, documented enough. There, there's a whole list. But it's our fault as, well, the people that put together the uh, cryptography. I'm not going to identify myself as a cryptographer because I know that that's something Thomas will rely on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's our fault uh, for not providing something good enough that they could just get on with their day and not roll their own crypto. And of course, like somebody who really wants to be really, really clever will be there anyway. But, you know, don't be too clever is something that you can apply to a lot of things. I've seen known cryptographic protocol that fall apart because people were trying to be too clever. And I don't think that one is particularly specific. So, yeah, when I hear don't roll your own crypto... I first hear, wow, somebody wanted to roll their own crypto in their right mind. And, and then I think that the end result is that when users come to us and are like, yeah, well, your cryptography kind of sucks. And the, we are like, uh, you know, this is what was passed down from our forefathers. The PGP way is the way to go. And this is a well-tested, well-tried toolkit. And you should not roll your own crypto. So, you know... All your objections are invalid. You are not allowed an opinion since you can't roll your own crypto. You shall just use our terrible toolkit that has been around for the past 20 years. Oh, makes and, me very sad. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that always to me feels like a, uh, a feedback loop that we got ourselves into. And I'm sure Thomas actually saw all of the, the uh, application developers that I can't believe exist, but I feel like this is my opening statement. Thank you, Filippo. Thomas, your rebuttal. Okay, I guess to start with, I'm on team don't roll your own cryptography. And I think that there's a weak form of this argument. Like the standard debater trick here would be to twist this into something that nobody can disagree with. And so like the, the weak form of the argument would be that when I say people shouldn't roll their own cryptography, what I'm really saying is they shouldn't like design their own algorithms, come up with a new authenticated encryption scheme or something like that. That's an easy argument to make. And I'd be surprised if anyone here disagreed with that. Although it happens, right? There was a post on Hacker News this week. It's a 
really excellent. Actually, if we had show notes, I'd say we should put it in there, but there was a- We a do, we can put it in there. <laughs> awesome. There's a differential cryptanalysis of a new Mac function called MeowHash, and it's just wonderful. There's diagrams, like graphical diagrams of the differential trails that they found through MeowHash. And it's, it's a cryptographic instruction that they came up with. And I, I don't want to dunk on the MeowHash people. They handled things really well and they seem all around good people, but as like an actual cryptographic instruction, they got spanked by an actual crypt analysis. So like it, it happens, but that's an easy argument. And I don't think we learn much by going into, should people design their own new block ciphers, right? There's a medium form of the argument and there's like a strong form of the argument. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep myself honest and say that my argument is the strong form. And it is that we should generally be very skeptical of new tools that rely heavily on cryptography that are not designed by, let's quote unquote, actual cryptographers. And we can go back and forth on what the definition of an actual cryptographer is. And I'm, I'm prepared to have that discussion. I think it's germane to what we're talking about. But I'm saying that if we're looking at new systems that rely in some significant way on cryptography, they should be heavily you know, influenced by, reviewed by, or ideally designed by serious or real cryptography engineers. And that we get into trouble when they're not. I think Filippo makes some good points. I, I, I agree that one of the, I, I don't agree with the argument that people are generally terrified of implementing new cryptography or if they are terrified, it doesn't tend to show, right? There are important IT systems that have been fielded, not only with RSA, but with RSA with, you know, the exponent of one, right? That actually shipped, right? Somebody built that system with their own RSA and shipped you one RSA. It happens. I don't think it's a good thing that people are so scared of cryptography that they end up using PGP. I, I think that's a, another weak form argument. It, you know, nobody on, on this group of people thinks that more people should be using PGP, <laughs> right? I think that to the extent that people are scared of deploying new cryptography or designing new cryptography, they are because we made them scared. And I think that it's good that we made them scared. I think people should be in the same sense that I should be scared to do brain surgery, right? Like I, I would not do a good job of it and bad things would happen if I did. I think it's good that there's kind of a healthy distrust of cryptography. Cryptography is pretty treacherous. I think that the track record of new systems that are built by non-cryptographers, you know, whatever we want to say that means, is not great. And I think that the harms that come from those systems are always externalities to us. Like we're just people typing into a laptop, designing cool new things on computers, but in the real world, people ultimately use these things. And when serious cryptographic mistakes get made, people can get hurt. A, a really common argument for encouraging more people to do cryptography is that we need more cryptographic tools, that the tools that we have right now, that those new tools replace, those are also inadequate that you really can't do much worse than what people are doing now is a common argument that gets made. And it's not true. Even if a new somewhat broken cryptographic tool is on paper better than the non-cryptographic tool that it replaces, there's less uncertainty about whether it's okay to use that tool, right? If you're looking at a non-cryptographic tool, you can tell yourself it's not a good idea for me to male sensitive financial, you know, you know, instruments over unencrypted email. I think that, you know, it's pretty easy to tell people that that's not safe, but it's trickier for people to make that risk calculation when they're, you know, using tools that are ostensibly encrypted and you get but Thomas, to do encrypted email is impossible. That's also true. <laughs> but uh, so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would make the strong argument that we should be openly skeptical of, we should encourage people to be scared of doing new cryptography. And the, the last thing I want to say here is all, all three of you are kind of professional cryptography people in some sense or another, cryptography engineers or isogenists or whatever it is that you guys are doing, right? I'm not a cryptographer. Uh, I think I get pulled into these discussions because I'm a vulnerability researcher that spends a lot of time thinking about crypto attacks. I would say that my relationship to cryptography is I think similar to the relationship of like somebody who works on memory corruption vulnerabilities and a compiler designer, right? Like I'm not a compiler designer. I'm just a person who like looks at the little bits of how these things are put together to see if I can actually break into things. And I like, it's a thing I'll have to say more about later about how I think there are more people need to do that kind of work. I, I think that ultimately there's an argument here about gatekeeping, about should we be preventing more people from coming into the field? 
I don't even know that it's a good idea to get more people into the field of cryptography. And you guys can ask me more about that too. But um, be, beyond that though, I just think there are other ways to get engaged with cryptography than to build new crypto systems. I avoid doing it. I avoid doing design work for crypto for, for cryptography because I just don't think I'm qualified to do it. And I think more people should be open about the fact that it's okay not to be qualified to do this kind of work. In fact, people shouldn't be qualified to do this kind of work. It's pretty specialized stuff. Okay. Thank you. I have so many questions and things to say now. <laughs> Number one, there are some real ass cryptographers in the world that have like proper PhDs, some cryptographers who know their cryptography and, and, and creating cryptographic protocols or primitives or constructions write terrible code. I've seen it with my own eyes. There are also people in the world who don't really know how to create cryptographic protocols. They don't have the foundation in that, that write much better secure code, much more understandable code. And I, I want them to have babies. I want those two people to like merge and, you know, whatever. And they do exist. And I, you know, there are some, we know a lot of them. And I would say we're, we've, we all have a little bit of a flavor of them, including you, Thomas, I, even if you protest. So there's that. So the whole, like, don't roll your own cryptography unless you are a real cryptographer. Even those if some if a real cryptographer hands me a pile of code, a pile of C or C plus plus, I'll just be like, ah, I that that is no guarantee that I want to use that code. I mean, sure, cue up the L grain, right? Get those people together in a room and you know you know buy them some drinks. I I, I want that to happen too, right? I I also think there's an even stronger form of the argument where I say people shouldn't roll their own software, and you could probably get me on the other side of that too. I agree completely. I don't think it's, I think that the input of, you know, a serious cryptographer is a necessary but not sufficient condition for building a secure system. But I don't think that we have a whole lot of doubt that it's possible to find somebody to build a secure system, maybe not in C and C++, but like you can get a Rust developer in a room or something like that, or a Go developer to build systems like that. And I think we have a reasonably high degree of confidence that they can put a system together that's secure given a specification from somebody else. So I, I totally right. agree with that. I just don't know that it, I don't know that it rebuts my take. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll let other people talk in a second. <laughs> the prevalence of good cryptographic crates and the popularity of the blockchain and cryptocurrencies has led to behaviors such as, hmm, I'm just going to add this crate to my project and I'm just going to slap some some signatures on my blockchain uh, consensus protocol because I saw other people use it. And then I have to fly in and be like, please don't use this one. Please just use this other one when using this signature for consensus because there are edge cases that really matter when you're using this signature for consensus. And if you don't, it'll result in problems. And this is kind of directly relevant to your point about like, if you're designing cryptographic constructions or protocols, you probably need to know a little bit more about what you're doing than if you are taking a spec designed by someone who took all those sort of the security properties, the privacy properties, the you know integrity properties, whatever it is, into account, and then is handing it over to you and be like, just implement the thing. And yeah, yeah, that that causes me worry. The argument uh, about we should get people on a consensus that this stuff is hard and there it can be subtly broken. I'm on board with it, but that's true of all security. Like I'm dealing with HTTP uh, 1.1 right now, and I wouldn't like anybody to implement HTTP 1.1, please, uh, and like retroactively. As in, let's not invent it. But at, at the, and it's the same thing. It can be broken and you can't tell. And there will be real externalities. And I agree like that when our software breaks, it's mostly the damage to uh, others. So it's true that we need to make sure that people know that cryptography is hard and it should be taken with care. And again, I'm happy that application developers generally are reaching for the thing that requires, at least the ones I see, for the thing that requires them to do the least amount of cryptography so that they can be like, I used that, you know, the equivalent of I hired IBM, I used Libsodium. If it uh, blows up, I ain't getting fired. And that's a good uh, place to get to. But 
at the same time, uh, I, I feel like the the whole we need people who are actual cryptographers or actual experts breaks down. And Thomas, you already mentioned that uh, on how do do we decide who is a uh, actual cryptographer, and having been through myself at this point, I guess the the path of going from not a person you would consider an actual cryptographer to being a person that you consider an actual cryptographer. Yes, you went to the Thomas Toshak School of Cryptography. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I did I did CryptoPals and. For context, the earliest uh, things I remember doing for cryptography are watching Cryptography 1 by Dan Bonnet on Coursera back when it uh, came out and doing CryptoPals. Me too. And yes, Mm -hmm. they're so good, both of them. However, then there wasn't a, I don't know, Secret Cryptography 2 course by Dan Bonnet that only the, uh, the ones that take that one are actual cryptographers. It's not like the Cryptography 2 course is something that actually happened and we're just keeping it hidden and it's how you graduate i mean it did happen it just happened at stanford and mike homberg took it right yeah it just never ended up on the internet (laughs) yeah so i feel like with regards to the http1 thing right three points there the first is that very few people implement their own http1 in the first place it's not a thing that an ordinary developer there's probably a bunch of reasons why even people that are really into low-level programming or really getting into the guts of things don't tend to build their own HTTP libraries. The second thing I would say about that is that that there are things that go wrong when people build their own HTTP 1 libraries. I would be skeptical of a new system that implemented its own HTTP 1.1, right? Like we saw for the past couple of years, like the drumbeat has been at Black Hat or whatever, has been Port Swigger and the, the HTTP desync attacks and things like that. And essentially every new distinctive HTTP 1.1 implementation has probably introduced a bunch of very serious vulnerabilities to the internet. And it's possible that those vulnerabilities are a lot more damaging than most of what we find in cryptography. It's also, it's possibly just an example of another thing that we should be really careful about. But the third thing I would say is that even with that given, I would say, I would guess that you believe that the the number of things that can go wrong with the new HTTP 1.1 implementation are smaller and more predictable than the number of things that'll go wrong if you attempt to implement your own encrypted transport or your own, you know, encrypted messaging system, right? Like just more things can go wrong. It's much harder to predict where those those systems go. I can follow up on like the, what makes a real cryptographer thing too. But like my immediate thing is, do you really believe that like implementing HTTP 1.1 is as hazardous as implementing, you know, a new encrypted transport? Honestly, having dealt with CVEs for the Go standard library in the past months, I've dealt with more on the HTTP side than on the uh, cryptography side. And a lot of the HTTP ones took me a lot of staring at the wall and eventually being like, oh which is similar to how I learned about cryptography attacks. So that checks out. But yeah, I'm not sure I would uh, I would be convinced that the set of things that can go wrong with HTTP is small and well-known and the set of things that can go wrong with cryptography isn't. And in terms of number of implementations, I think I definitely deal with more implementations of HTTP than I deal with implementations of Ad25519. Ad25519, agree. five of them. Uh, HTTP one, there's 500 of them. They all have yeah, different I, quirks. I, I agree. Like there definitely are more implementations of HTTP, you know, thank Christ, than there are of, <laughs> you know, at 25519, right? It's also like, I'm, I'm not surprised that you find more issues with the HTTP implementation in Go than the cryptography implementations in Go because the cryptography implementations in Go are very, very good, right? Is it true in the wild though, right? Like is is Go's that HTTP, you know, buggier than a random person's implementation of an entire crypto system, right? Also, Go has Go has a pretty expansive standard library, but the crypto parts of it are pretty low level, right? So when I think about the things that are going to break in a crypto system, you know, if you implemented it in JavaScript, I'm very worried that your ad 25519 is somehow broken, right? 
but I'm much more worried about how the systems are put together than I am about how, whether or not the primitives are broken. And I'm also much more worried about the things that go wrong um, in the joinery of these systems where you plug the different components in or design a protocol around it. I'm much more worried about that than I am about whether the primitives that I pulled in from the ghost standard library are somehow insecure. This is I, exactly I your, I what I am worried about. And I was going to ask a question about like, where does your gut feeling come from? that there will be more things that go wrong with like implementing a new TLS or a secure transport rather than implementing HTTP 1. And I was going to propose that it's the complexity, the complexity of the protocol, the complexity of the system that you're trying to build in a way and maybe with another TLS, but not necessarily TLS, maybe it's Noid's pipes or strobe or something like that, where We've seen an alternative to TLS, which has a bunch of cruft that that's kind of baggage that it's carrying along with it over the years. But your point about I'm not that worried about like the primitives that kind of live in their own nicely abstracted box. It's how you put them together into a protocol or some sort of cryptographic construction. There was a nice paper recently by some some of the lads at MIT, and when they looked at a bunch of SSL, OpenSSL, and forks, including Boring, Libra, etc., about where the vulns are in the cryptographic code. And they didn't, I was, I was sad they didn't look at Rust or other places. And they kind of came to the same conclusion that like in the like very scary areas of the cryptography, like implementing hash functions or ciphers or whatever, that's not really where the CVEs are. It's like the edges and kind of the complexity of maintaining a protocol at least the, the way I read it, in C and C++. This is not in memory safe language. And yes, that. What do you think? Okay. The uh, name of the paper is uh, You Really Shouldn't Roll Your Own Crypto, an Empirical Study of Vulnerabilities in Cryptographic Libraries by three people out of MIT, yes. Jenny Blessing, Michael Spector, and Daniel Weitzner. I will point Excellent. out that they are all C and C++, so not all crypto. <laughs> so I... I want to harp on that. I want. I kind of want to take the C path of C. It's programming that's hard, but I'll resent, resist that tempta- temptation because I want to try to use it to take a step back and try to move the responsibility one layer up for from where we uh, are putting it now. Like we're here saying that putting together primitives into protocols is hard, and I agree. Well, implementing primitives is reasonably easy, which, you know, side channels aside, um, not designing, implementing, side channels aside might be true. Like, if we hand the specification of SHA-256 to someone and tell them, go, I am not sure I can think off the top of my head how they could get it wrong except side channels. It very depends on the quality of the specification, though. Right. So that's the thing. Uh, we have this set of blessed professionals that uh, <laughs> sit in organizations such as like four-letter organizations that handed down specifications that are extremely hard to implement or put together or use with each other. Or we have even individual blessed cryptographers who put together <laughs> something that happens to work if you use it for Diffie-Hellman or happens to work if you use it for signatures, but as soon as you try to use it for anything else, kaboom! You didn't know what a cofactor was? What were you doing around here, kid? Uh, they, were rolling, they were rolling their own crypto, and it didn't work. Well, yes, but we gave them a hand grenade. And yeah. the same design done with Ristretto, for example, with something that's... Uh, higher level abstraction, something that actually told about the abstraction, which in this case, and this is like, of course, my shtick is specifically a prime order groups where, of course, all the work was done by uh, Henry de Valence and uh, all the other authors on the uh, spec. But the, the thing is, we, as the blessed ones, put together a bunch of dangerous things. And... <laughs> Are you looking to put me on the side here where like I- I'm sticking up for professional cryptographers? Because I-, I think it's all a clown <laughs> fire, right? Like that's not my <laughs> argument. Right. Uh, but the-, the thing is, I feel like that moves all the way down. Because when the thing that we put together is that's terrible is, for example, PGP, application developers shouldn't even be allowed near PGP itself. 
And surely that's not rolling your own crypto though, right? Like just invoking GPG, shelling out to GPG. Surely ordinary, that's not... Ordinary people shouldn't open up the Necronomicon either. You'll go insane. But that doesn't mean that we don't read books, right? So like, <laughs> it's, it's not enough just to say, you know, PGP is an example of what happens when we tell people not to roll their own cryptography. It's a distinctive world historically bad piece of infrastructure that got built, by the way, by non-cryptographers. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the previous ones I mentioned, though, aren't, right? TLS are, were cryptographers. Crypto519 was a cryptographer. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that uh, the, we seem to draw the line of what you can't roll on your own at the highest level shitty thing we made. Like, mm. people should not shell out to uh, GPG. I think people, application developers, really shouldn't shell out to should GPG. Should they shell out to Age? Should they shell right? out to Age? Like, if they shell out to Age and it breaks, I will feel responsible. Be- and I will not tell them, oh, I mean, of course you need to parse the, er- the standard error better uh, before you release the, the plain text. I- no. <laughs> so I will be like, okay, I didn't build this well. And so the line will have moved down a little. So now shelling out to uh, Age is fine, but doing the next thing lower level uh, is not. Well, I feel like we just didn't go through the process of making things safe enough that you can work with them by only learning about them and not learning mm-hmm. about everything underneath. Mm-hmm. The problem of, uh, we joke that every paper says, uh, start with a primordial group. Uh, <laughs> and then the problem is that if you're not a cryptographer, you might not know that when you go off to the shelf and take a thing that looks like a primordial group, actually has a cofactor. Well, now your cryptocurrency can be spent eight times. Mm-hmm. Oh no. But maybe you were implementing a spec. And if you had Ristretto there, maybe you would have succeeded. Mm. I, I think you're kind of making my case for me here, right? So <laughs> I, I think... Deirdre was saying earlier that a big part of the problem here is the complexity of these systems. Things fall apart when you get to these protocols with the crazy corner cases. But like my intuition for where these problems come from in real systems, you know, it comes from spending 10 years finding vulnerabilities in this, in these kinds of systems as a consultant. And what I'll say is that I, I agree that these protocols are crafty and they have weird corner cases and stuff, but the simpler protocols, the intuitive, simple protocols, um, are worse, right? Like a lot of the complexity that we look at in these systems is necessary complexity. It's there because Paul Kocher looked at a previous incarnation of the same system and saw, you know, a lack of domain parameters somewhere, or, you know, we were doing keyed hashes wrong or things like that. And we take it for granted the obvious ways or the correct ways to use a lot of crypto primitives, but it's only intuitive if you spend a lot of time working on it, right? So I, I, I agree that if you if you take a random piece off the shelf, like a you know a curve or something like that, and try to build a system out of it, you won't know what Ristretto is. You won't know how cofactors work. You're gonna, like everyone says use cur- even Silicon Valley the HBO show says use curve two five five one nine, but. None of the developers that do that have any intuition for what setting and and what set of parameters that you would use for signatures versus for key agreement and things like that. And you do. And I I agree with your take that cryptographers need to deliver better kind of hermetically sealed tools that do specific things. Um, But the fact that you can't take in, you know, well-regarded existing, you know, tools and primitives and compose them the way you can compose mm-hmm. everything else is, I think, part of the core of my argument, mm-hmm. right, is that the, the systems that you build when you do that will break even if you use good primitives um, mm-hmm. and that we should discourage people from doing it. More blessed mm-hmm. people should build better tools with better languages. I think all four of us would agree that you also shouldn't roll your own C programs. I'm mm. more worried about C programs than I am about bad cryptography. I'm maybe yeah. I'm equally worried about those kinds of systems. But I, I still feel like I still feel like I'm clearly on the winning side of this argument, right? <laughs> like I still feel like it, it, if you roll your own cryptography, things will go terribly wrong. And I think that pro- professionally, we have an obligation to make sure that people understand that that's the case. And I, I, I'm interested in kind of where you disagree with that statement. Like, wh- wh- where am I wrong about that? Okay, that's a good question because I do agree with with everything you say, basically. But then I'm left just deeply unsatisfied with the idea that as an industry, and this is true of the software industry at large too, uh, <laughs> that as an uh, industry, we just left behind a mess 
and then walled it off and put a sign saying only we know how to deal with this mess. So just, deep, you know, deep dissatisfaction should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> uh, my favorite ta- um, label on the Go Issue Tracker is unfortunate. And I think I'm the uh, the major, the most common users of it. And yes, uh, the thing is that we had Don't Roll Your Own Crypto for the past nah, 20 years. Um, More than 20, yeah. Well, I've only been around that long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it hasn't yielded the the results of the stuff getting particularly better that I would like to see. And I do really believe in the ability of diversity to lead to a better result. I'm, I, I've been uh, called at times opinionated on Twitter. Now, yes, I, I, so you could say that I do believe in, the, in diversity both from a, a moral point of view, but also from a practical point of view because it yes. leads to better results. And I'm not convinced that don't roll your own crypto gets us the people in the room that can do a better job than what we did so far, which didn't work. Like, walling it off and saying, yeah, beware of the leopards. It doesn't work, especially when people keep getting eaten by leopards. There (laughs) are broken cryptographic schemes, protocol, and implementations and deployments all the time. I I get where you're coming from, but I I think you're probably wrong about the value of implementation and design diversity in cryptography. I I think there's a couple of things wrong with it, right? The, The first thing is like, we don't have full employment for the good, talented cryptographers that we have right now. I think a lot about like how, I don't know, maybe back in like 2012 or something like that, Watson Ladd interned for me at Matasano. It, it, there's no clearer indication that there isn't full employment for cryptographers than having somebody like Watson working for me. Right. That doesn't make any sense at all. I feel like if you're a strong cryptographer, it's not necessarily the case that there's a job waiting for you right now that like really takes advantage of that skill set. Or if there is, it's somewhere on the blockchain. Right. I I don't know that we do a good job of putting that stuff to use. But also, and I I think more importantly, I think that when you have lots of different designs and implementations that are coming from all corners of the world, what really happens is that the good systems are now competing with bad systems and the market does not judge systems by how sound the cryptography is. It judges systems by whether or not you have to put a phone number in when you sign up. It judges systems yeah, by, you know, whether it runs in a browser or how pretty the icons are or things like that. Yeah. And we have like pretty well-known clear cases where systems like that have briefly won in the marketplace and very important conversations have happened online in those systems while they were known to be broken. Mm. I I don't know that the market fixes this for us. And that's kind of what you're appealing to when you say we need more diversity here. Well, so one argument I have is that that happened. We had don't roll your own crypto and that still happened. And it could always be worse. I I feel like uh, we we are in the same place and the only difference is that you're saying it could always be worse and I'm saying it could be better. Uh, (laughs) I I, I agree. I think that might be like kind of the core of the debate here because I don't think it can be a lot better. You know, I think that we're on a slow, like, you know, the arc of history is bending towards justice. I think that things are getting better. But you're saying that they could get better a lot faster than they're getting better now. And I'm saying... I don't know that that's true. Uh, I liked the uh, jobs observation a lot uh, because we talk about from time to time about who needs a cryptographer. Mm. L- let's say I-, I quit Google tomorrow. Who needs to pay me to do what I do, right? Like who specifically? So I don't have a solution to that, which is, I suppose, boring. But I feel like that makes it even harder to require somebody to be a professional cryptographer before they can contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think a good that's example true. is the Slack. There are people in, in the Slack that sometimes I would just invite into the Slack, and they were clearly like self-described amateurs, and they would go on to gen- implement amazing stuff, and eventually maybe land a job as a professional cryptographer, but. How were they going to get taken seriously, especially when you can't get a job as a cryptographer, especially as a junior cryptographer? Who will hire you to train you as a cryptographer? Who wants to describe what the Slack is? 
Nobody mm. wants to describe what the Slack is. <laughs> if, if, if you have to ask, but okay. yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good point. You know, I think in, you know, an easy thing to take me down on would be to say that the industry has an idea of what a real cryptographer is. And it's simple as somebody who has a doctorate, um, <sighs> you know, from yeah. a reputable program that, that does cryptography. I don't believe that. Um, yeah. I, I believe a really weak form of, you know, the argument about what a cryptographer is. And to me, it's somebody who specializes in, focuses on, and spends most of their time and has for some time on doing cryptography. I think there's a threshold of time and effort past which if you've spent the time doing this, I'm fine. You're a cryptographer. It's, it's totally fine. I think, you know, Moxie Marlin Spike has uh, exceeded the threshold for me, mm -hmm. right? Like didn't, didn't start out as a, a serious cryptographer. I think, you know, Trevor Perrin clearly did, but I think there's a point at which you get, you don't have a degree. You don't have a credential. I don't care about the credentials, right? I, I feel like you know, that there's a question of how do people get started if no one's going to work with them. I think that there's not enough attention paid to offensive cryptography. Um, I think that not enough people spend time actually breaking systems. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's not enough there's not enough time spent on breaking systems and learning how to break systems and training people to break systems. I'm totally, I, I generally feel at peace with people who build, design new cryptography, who put the effort in to do something substantive with cryptography before their first implementation. I worry a lot though, when the diversity that we're getting and the kind of the ecosystem of tools that we're working with, especially privacy tools, is mostly people that are working with the hazmat for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't really care where we set the line, right? Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with almost any definition of what a, a serious cryptography engineer is. And I definitely I'm sensitive to the need to bring more people into the field. You know, we did a lot of work with that, not intentionally, like it was, it was originally CryptoPals was a gatekeeping tool, right? So, um, <laughs> but like, I'm sensitive to that argument. I'm open to it. Again, I don't know that we really need that many more people practicing right now, given how many people we have, but I might be making a fool of myself here when I say that. So I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm on pretty okay firm ground with that. I'll make the counter argument that one cryptocurrency has drawn many, many more people to cryptography, like full on academic cryptography and like applied cryptography in the past 10 ish years. And therefore, there are probably more cryptography, cryptographer, applied cryptographer, cryptographic engineer jobs, at least in the cryptocurrency blockchain space. And so well, that could me, be a pro or a con, in your opinion. Let me run with that point first. This is a tangent. No one has to respond to it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this jab in here anyways. Mm -hmm. That's true, right? Like there are lots of people working in mathematically serious cryptography now because of blockchain stuff. But I think that actually makes the problem worse. I think that, um, oh, no. so for instance, and we'll talk about this more some other time, right? But I think that when you get lots of people dipping their toes in serious mathematical cryptography for the first time, you get some weird after effects, right? So in the field of cryptographic tokens, which should be a simple thing, right? It should be a very simple problem. How do I authenticate a user to an application with a cryptographic token, right? It's a very solved problem. But okay. one of like the, not mainstream, uh, but one I, of like the like leading things right now. Sorry, mm -hmm. I it's worth mentioning that this is not token as in cryptocurrency token, yes. but as in JWT or Pasadena. As in JWT, token. right? Correct. Right. Okay, good. JWT, Thank you. also an example of the last generation of problems, but the current generation of problems is things like biscuits, where the suggested implementations of biscuits for the crypto components for it involve either pairing curves or <sighs> aggregate signature schemes and things like that. Like <sighs> if it hadn't been for cryptocurrency, there's no way there'd be a pairing curve in our authentication tokens, but they're fun to play with. People want to find fun applications. To play with. Yes. People want to find applications for these things. And like people's bad implementations of dubious ideas, they'll out, they'll get out there and they'll be in the market and good cryptography will compete with it. I will say that there's some of that. There's some of like people dipping their toes in and either getting nerd sniped by an interesting pairing based curve or a new kind of zero knowledge proof or something like that. And they think they could find an application for it in their, I don't know, their, their blockchain or their cryptocurrency or whatever other whiz bang thing that they're doing. And I am losing my train of thought. Damn. Well, isn't that Before you get your like all types of software though i'm saying that the biscuit people did this but the let's make an overly complicated crud app is like mm. the token example of uh like the problem with web development today mm. or introducing microservices before you needed to 
all of these kinds of things of people picking technology because it's cool and flashy mm. and more fun to deal with the dreariness of just like making another crud app. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Or signing but, another binary blob. Like that, but, that but Dave, happens everywhere. But Dave, mm-hmm. do you think that the spread of microservices is as dangerous or as kind of uh, failure prone as like the demand for ordinary people simply using authentication tokens for systems to have an intuition for how pairing curves work? Like, I think that one of those problems is more significant than the other. I, I wonder how much you disagree with me on any of this stuff. I mean, from a security standpoint, maybe I agree with you. For de- like, from a monetary standpoint, I certainly don't agree with you. Hmm. You'd have to say but, more for me to understand what you mean by the monetary. I mean, like, I think people have wasted a lot more money designing for scale when they didn't need it than mm, okay. Than I remember have perhaps wasted using the pairing, wrong curve. Cr- a a pairing right. like, it, that affects yeah. the cryptography, but like, I just want to make the point that these phenomenons are true across okay. industries and similar to what we said about like you know implementing HTTP one one is hard. Implementing anything domain specific tends to get hard. Mm-hmm. And whenever you do anything about that, you should have like enough knowledge about whatever the level is one layer deep mm. to know oh, when yes. you're dipping your toes in something that is dangerous so that you can then go um, and ask the right people. I what makes you a cryptographer, it's knowing that the people who are smarter than you to ask when yes. you're in the middle of doing something. Right? Yes. This, this ties back to the thought that I lost, which is that there's there are many people who are dipping their toes in to either whiz-bang cryptography or applied cryptography of any type. We would love it. I think we, the, the royal we, not just the four of us here, would love it if people who are coming up with new cryptographic constructions or protocols or using cryptography had someone that knows about security proofs on their Rolodex, someone that they could ask, be like, I am trying to design a thing. Can you like analyze the properties of this protocol and or the privacy properties if you care about privacy or or whatever that's something we've been able to do with zcash like we know people and we can be like hey we want to see what kind of security proof of the properties we're trying to guarantee are available that means we know someone usually with a phd in cryptography who like had to do several years of like rocking security proofs, constructing them, the assumptions that they're based on so that they could, with reasonable credulity, assert specific protocol attributes of the thing that they've built. Um, Not everyone has one of those on speed dial. (laughs) I wonder what Filippo thinks of, to bring that example a little bit closer to earth, right? Because cryptocurrency is like, it's an insane amount of mathematical cryptography that goes into what Zcash is doing, right? Look at WireGuard. Kitchen sink. (laughs) Look at WireGuard for a model of where I think this is working well. Uh, A a way of delivering new cryptography that didn't involve the person doing it, having a PhD in cryptography, Mm -hmm. although Jason has a degree in math, apparently. Um, But like, Jason, probably not like, a serious cryptographer by training or whatever, but also Jason did a really great job of bringing expertise into that system. It, you know, it's informed heavily by Trevor Perrin's noise work, but also mm-hmm. he got the, the UK, the, the formal tool he, that he was using to do the formal method stuff for it. A lot of formal methods work got put into that. There are actual Tamarind is the, is the, I think the big model that, but other people have done more formal methods on WireGuard, right? I'm very happy with systems like that. I mean, part of it is aesthetic. I think we're also just very happy with the choices that he made there, but like the process that he used to get to those choices was also, I think a a model of how, how to do it well. It's just, it's not a process that's normally used. And that's the thing that worries me. Mm -hmm. So I I want to take that to to go back to uh, what you said that you're okay with even a very fuzzy bar for who's a real cryptographer, right? Yes. So what I see a bunch of times is that, and what I've seen through my own experience, because for context, people uh, listening, uh, we know that, but uh, I don't have a degree, as in just I don't have any of them. The US government was very unamused about that when (laughs) I tried to immigrate. And at some point I did... You know, Crypto 101 and then Crypto 1, then I did Crypto Pulse and then I was a cloudfer and then I implemented TLS and well. Now, what happened somewhere along those lines is that I, with 
my very honestly high self-esteem, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, and this giant pile of privilege over here was still feeling like, ah, but am I allowed to do this? Am I a real cryptographer? Can I actually submit this CL to the Go standard library where Adam Langley will have to review it after the last interaction I had with Adam was uh, crying wolf about a vulnerability that was absolutely in my code and not in the Go standard library? Does Adam Langley actually still run away from me every time he sees me or is that a coincidence? I did all of that in my brain and society basically gave me when I was born, a ticket for, no, just go for it. People will believe it. And so if it was hard for me figuring out when I cleared this fuzzy bar and feeling like I was allowed to, and I remember having this whole year of me and George Tankersley just texting each other all the time, there are no gatekeepers! You can walk up to Matt Green at Real World Crypto and he will answer you. Yeah, that was me with Dan Bonet at Real World Crypto. Be like, I read your paper. (laughs) And he's like, oh, really? Someone read it? (laughs) Right. They're all very nice people. If anything, I have more privilege than you do because I'm an American citizen, right? And I've spent like more than a decade doing consulting work in this field. And you have your set of experiences and I have my set of experiences. And you're you're better at cryptography than I am. I wouldn't hesitate to say that you're qualified to do this work that, you know, uh, or to grant other people permission to do the work, right? I don't feel like I'm qualified to do this kind of work. People offer me money to design systems that use interesting cryptography, and I go out of my way to turn it down. I think the world is a better place because I do that, right? Like I I say over and over again, I'm not a cryptographer. I try to refuse design and implementation work. I feel very comfortable doing vulnerability research, but I don't feel comfortable building new crypto systems. But the question is, how many people do what you do when they're not qualified? And how many people instead do it when they would be qualified? There are people every day who roll crypto without being qualified because Mm -hmm. they've, you know, never been told they failed at anything uh, because they always failed up or something like that. And so they just go and do it anyway. They hear cryptography is hard and I'm clever uh, and I will definitely succeed. And then... There are people who hear cryptography is hard and hear, well, I don't have a degree. What can I do about that? And I'm not convinced saying over and over that cryptography is hard is swaying the first class of people, which we want to stop doing cryptography any more than it's... And at the same time, I know that it's weighing the ones that could be doing cryptography and That and is aren't. a very interesting angle on that because... I have seen people designing protocols and slapping together like curves and hashes and whatever, and they're trying to do something. I'm not really sure what they're trying to do, and I don't know if they know it either. And I'm just like, oh, oh no, oh no. Like, eh, they are doing it. Thomas is not doing it. And I think I would rather Thomas doing it because he's yes. seen so many pitfalls. So I think you have you're on to something chat, there, Filippo. In chat, we have Strad saying, I was most definitely the second group. Strad! I, it, Which is, it, the, uh, remind me, the, sec- the second group is people that should be doing cryptography but aren't because I'm telling them not to. Uh, because they feel like it's too hard and they're not allowed to. And for context, Strad has implemented the Rust implementation of Age, and right. is a lot of the reason Age is robust is because there's Strad's implementation sitting yeah. over there. And, and they are great. They are great people. But he's, and no Strad question. is hand in hand in the guts of a cutting edge zero knowledge recursive proof circuit. Strat is a cryptographer now. Right. (laughs) But like the thing you'll try to pin me down on is that people without degrees or without degrees in cryptography, you know, should be doing cryptography. And I agree with that. I just think that the norm should be that people should have to talk themselves into doing it. I think that people should have a strong feeling about whether they should or shouldn't do it. The thing I would push strongly against is the idea that people by default should feel like it's okay for them to, you know, build those kinds of systems. The people that we're talking about doing this stuff, like, they're not doing it on a whim. They put the work in before they started doing the stuff, or they put the work in to build a network of people that they can rely on to help them do that. But they're not just doing it on a whim. I'm saying something uh, a little orthogonal to that, which is that I've been in the room of people that do end up uh, implementing cryptography. And what they have in common is not that 
they all put in a lot of work to convince themselves and build this network, which you are right, is what we want people that implement cartography to do. But they are the people that are probably had the easiest time, me included, convincing themselves that they had done that. And that also ties to how much privilege you have, again. Because when I went to a conference and I said, yeah, I would like to get on stage and talk about cryptography, nobody questioned me. Nobody went like, dude, you don't have a degree. Get out of here. And I probably wouldn't have had that experience if I wasn't uh, a man, white, and uh, full of, you know, extrovert uh, willingness to get on this podcast and debate with you, for example. Part of that is, like, you submitted something to the CFP, you wrote an abstract, you gave slides, whatever it was. And, like, it turns out that doing that is actually somewhat hard and most people are really bad at it. Mm. So simply by doing that, that brings you into... They probably would not let let you talk without... Maybe I'm going to eat my words here because I don't know what conference you're talking about, but you weren't going to get invited to keynote. You had to submit to the abstract and eventually somewhere throughout your career, you get invited to, to come without applying, right? And so going through that process is just kind of something that happens in all fields or at least lots of, we'll say, computer science-ish or engineering sub-disciplines, right? Like here's a story about someone in college who goes to college, learns they're supposed to get an internship feels horrendously underqualified at said internship, maybe eventually after a few years kind of understands, okay, you know, I don't really know how all this stuff works, but like I know what to Google and I can figure most stuff out now, goes and gets a job or goes to grad school. Then a few years later kind of figures out the things that they're actually good at, not as good at the stuff they like and so on. I'm to some extent talking about my own experience with software engineering and cryptography, but I could just as well have been talking about almost anybody in right. computer science or in mechanical engineering or, or right. journalism. Part of it is just growing up and then figuring out where you stand within the plethora of skill sets and like when that does and does not matter. As a parent, I can report that it also applies to the fields of biochemistry and to geology. So it's, it seems maybe universal, at least in the sciences, right? And well, I agree that we're trying to optimize for competence we're not trying to optimize for confidence. And that, that's a real problem, right? 100%. Like, and w- yes. w- we do need better systems so that we're not simply saying that we have a, a governance by the people that are most confident because that's how we got PGP. Um, so <laughs> right. I'm with you there. I think it's a strong point, right? I just yeah. think that like and, the, the opposite take doesn't work either. M- m- but my, uh, my own path is, I think, actually kind of different from the getting in front of a number of committees until you figure out what, where, what your skill set is. I think I'm here thanks to my confidence. And it's not that I don't believe in my competence because, again, see, see above uh, my confidence. But what got me the position to be taken seriously doing cryptography was working at Cloudflare. And I went to work at Cloudflare because I made a website with a flat UI to- toolkits or stuff like that that checked for the Harbleed vulnerability. And it did that in the most buggy way possible. It was not good. But I, you know, went ahead, built it, and I was probably rolling some level of my own crypto. And then I just had the confidence to go to all the conferences, talk about that website, and then went into all of the interviews uh, at the Lo- Cloud for London office and basically told that story that very same story three times in a row to three interviewers. Not four, because the fourth was a recursor, and that was just basically a, a chat about, so what did you work at, uh, on that recursor? <laughs> but, the, and then I was a cluster. Yeah. And well, then you, I was taken seriously. You put a lot of work in before you did the Heartbleed site, right? You were actively engaged in cryptography, substantively and actively engaged before you built the Heartbleed site. Your entry into cryptography wasn't one day I built a website for Heartbleed, right? It's true that what we want to do is take that path and remove the Filippo levels of ego that are required to move forward with it. Right? Like, and that's yeah, a compliment. I, yeah, no, no. no, no. I, it, Actually, it's what I'm I, 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 by the way, I, I don't see you as a particularly egotistical. You're you're much more <laughs> level-headed than I am, right? I buy that that's a problem that we need to solve, right? But I wouldn't want the takeaway from that story to be, you know, once I built a website for cryptography, you know, it's a small thing for one single vulnerability, and from that point on, I should be implementing TLS because you no, did no, a lot I, more than that. Uh, I'm not saying that's what made me qualified for it, but I'm saying that that's what made me appear qualified. The reason mm-hmm. people took my cryptography seriously was that. 
if I had done all the same work, but then didn't just run with the website, which was not the most impressive thing I had done at that point, and just show everybody how shiny the website was, I don't think I would have gotten the job at Cloudflare, and then I don't think I would have been taken as uh, seriously. So I really like how you put it as, we are trying to select for competence, not confidence. And mm -hmm. I honestly am coming here without an alternative solution. So I'm willing to mm -hmm. yield on that, in that I agree that we need to something and don't roll with your own cryptos what we have now. My argument uh, is that yeah. it selects way too much for confidence and not enough for competence. But mm. to be fair, I'm not suggesting alternative solutions. So maybe I do right. One alternative that I have heard, so I don't take credit for this, is don't roll your own crypto alone. Go with a friend. And maybe if you are super confident that you and your buddy, who are he's also super confident, will not result in the most competent result of your construction. But having two is better than having one by themselves. At least you have more bites at the apple of figuring it out or figuring something terrible has gone wrong. But generally, the, the vibe is, you know, bounce ideas off someone, see if you can ask for review or help, or if you happen to be able to reach out to someone and be like, I'm trying to construct something and I am trying to do an analysis of the protocol. If you happen to know someone who has done that sort of thing in the past, or you can afford to contract out to people who do those sort of services, much better possibility of better results than just YOLO. I'm just going to go give it a shot by right. myself. I, th I think if I was going to take all of that and make my own closing argument for all this stuff, first of all, I would note that Meowhash was a team. So it was more than one person doing it. Damn it. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm ducky. I, I love so much that we're in a world where Meowhash happened. It was great. But like, I, I would say this, I would say that my closing argument here is that when we talk about the kinds of people that you three seem to want to be doing more cryptography, like the, the type of people that you think that the field doesn't attract enough right now, that it repels them and lets other people that are just confident and talk a good game. And by the way, like one of the reasons I don't do cryptography is I think that my my talking game is way, way better than my actual doing game, right? I'm very sympathetic, but I would say that those people that you're thinking of that should be doing cryptography are, I think, part of a subset that you're not really acknowledging that in your head, your mental model of these people are people that are engaged with cryptography. Most of those people, I think, are people that I would probably agree are qualified to do cryptography, but that when I say don't roll your own cryptography, it comes from a lifetime of mental scouring from Hacker News, where I know that the people that are advocating for you should roll your own cryptography, it's all just gatekeeping, are people that have not put any time in, don't want to put any time in, if you found the meow hash vulnerabilities in their stuff, they would spend seven weeks talking it down and saying that it wasn't a real thing, which meow hash, by the way, did not do that. But I think that's the kind of people that you're bringing in when you open the field up. And I would just say that my close here is just to think about when you say more people should be doing it, which people are you saying? Like, which paths are they taking into the field? Uh, whatever path that you like there, I probably like it too. The thing that I'm very worried about is the no path thing where we need to democratize cryptography to the point where anybody can sit down, just, I have a problem, it needs cryptography, here's a shelf full of crypto potions, I'm just going to pour a couple of them into the cauldron and, you know, see what happens. And I think that that's not an abstract or speculative concern, I think it's the norm. I think it's what really mm -hmm. happens in real systems, and it gets people into trouble. Which is why we need things like Ristretto. The one thing that I would add is just that selecting for confidence and not competence is like a problem in all fields in all places yeah and so i don't think that crypto is unique to that um having more ways to learn is i think definitely a positive thing i don't really have a strong opinion on the messaging at the yeah. moment you guys i feel like people got their money's worth out of the donations <laughs> for the uh, me versus filippo debate i want to say one more thing before i go which is just that i heard my voice recorded for the first time when i listened to the, uh, the podcast that we recorded last time. And what I've learned from that is that my beloved Sean Connery impression is nothing. It's nothing. I can't impersonate Sean Connery at all. It's all been a lie. <laughs> Felipe, do you have a closing? I, I think my closing was the earlier one where I, okay. I said that uh, I, I agree that we need something to select uh, for, for competence. 
and I don't have a good alternative. So I really am not showing up with that contender. However, I will point out something. Thomas, you spend way too much time on Hacker News, and you know that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And there you end up seeing a lot of people who are definitely on high on the confidence level. And where you... You see, where you see is, oh no, these people will get in. I feel like these people are in anyway. These people are on Hacker yeah. News commenting on cryptography and they are going to write cryptography anyway. And I'm worried about all of the ones that are not involved in cryptography, which I think you have a very good point. Like being involved in is how you uh, eventually qualify, almost by osmosis, maybe by being on the Slack. But I'm worried about so many people that don't even end up in that set. Because they're like, oh no, I'm not smart enough to get involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> a future a future episode of this podcast will be the ways in which Hacker News is misunderstood and underrated. I'll just say it's the mirror <laughs> to the field hold, that we're holding up to the field that you actually work in, rather than the field that you say that you work in. <laughs> Black mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Again, misunderstood, I- underappreciated. I'm afraid you're you're right, but I refuse to believe it. <laughs> cool. I, I, I 100% understand. Filippo, thank you so much for this. this thank, has been you. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. much. <laughs>